<clears throat> something about that name. There's a lot of things about that name. Right? <clears throat> Just a moment ago, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, in the beginning was the Word. Right? John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. Of course, the Word he's talking about is not exactly like how a lot of us think of Word because we're just thinking of something spelled or a sound coming out of the mouth. But he said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. So we know that the Word he's talking about is a person, right? It's Jesus. The word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. So this word always was, this person called the word. And then it says, and the word was God. Was with God, yet was God. Now, we want to look at, we want to answer, first of all, the first question God ever asked of man, where are you? (laughs) We want to answer the question most people ask at some time in their life, who am am I or who are we, who are you? And and, and look at this this thing about identity that is so prevalent in in the New Covenant. When we look at Jesus, we, we're, we're looking, when we read of Jesus, we're seeing someone who's so clean and so clear about who he, who he is, right? No matter what they said, no matter what was thrown at him, no matter what other labels they tried to put on him, he was so sure and stayed so, so clear and so strong on who he was. And that, that knowing who he was, uh, was, was really a key to his, his operation in the earth. In fact, we see the first, that temptation that's so famous that we read about that that was in the wilderness, it was all about, who are you? And it was all about trying to put something else on him. If you're the son of God, you would do this. And he said, no, I'm the son of God without doing that. Well, if you're the son of God, then you'll do that. No, I'm still the son of God without doing that. I'm not who I am because of something that I do accomplish or become. I am who I am and who I've always been. Right? Identity. In fact, I like to say, you know, he could have, he could have told, 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 told the devil, you know, where were you when I came out of the water in the River Jordan? Didn't you hear the sound? This is my son. It's already been declared to not, 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 only, not only about me, but to everybody that could, that could hear it there. This is my son. Well, if you're the son, well, Jesus didn't need any proven because he was so clear on, on who he was. He was with the Father in the beginning. He made all things. Nothing was made without him. Perfect understanding. Even though he comes in the body, the Bible says, being found in the form of a servant, in the fashion of a man, with the, and being tempted in every point like we were, the, 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 Jesus came down and knows what it's like to hunger, knows what it's like to thirst, knows what it's like to feel pain, knows what it's like to bleed, <laughs> knows what it's like to have the human things come at you that come at you. Knows what it's like to, to, to live in the elements of these world, yet he lived in identity and lived a different experience in that identity. And uh, 
when we look at this, we look at the big picture, and I want us to really get something really, it's, it's, it's simple, yet it's very, it seems deep because it's different than the natural sensual mindset uh, thinks. But if you can get past that veil of the flesh, you will see that it's not something that has to be so deep and so mysterious, but just look and see that this is natural, this is normal, this is, this is who we are. <coughs> In the beginning, <laughs> always goes back to that whole Creation and the fall of man, doesn't it? Uh, because we've read before how, you know, Paul said, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid for you because just like the serpent deceived Eve, so would you be removed from the simplicity or the abundance or the generosity that's in Christ. And, and, and we know that in that separation, when we, we turn to the knowledge of good and evil, what we were turning to, Make no mistake about it. What we were turning to was sense knowledge. <coughs> uh, the book of um, James chapter 3 verse 15 says, This wisdom that we got, this tree that, of knowledge of good and evil that was desirable to make one wise, was a wisdom that we got that killed us. <coughs> Excuse me. The book of James says, This wisdom descends not from above. This wisdom is earthly. It's sensual. It's devilish. What does sensual mean? It means it's of the senses. It's of the five senses. This wisdom is only what these ocular orbs can detect. It's how light reflects into them, how it goes to a brain, then the brain interprets it and tells you what, what's, what, what you're looking at there. It's sensual. It's what you see. It's what you hear. It's what you taste. It's what you touch. What you feel. And so we chose that knowledge and we lived by that. And, 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 and the damning part about it was that it did not descend from above, but it was earthly. <coughs> and what that, what that flesh was, uh, that, that sensuality of that flesh was, actually that was the veil that's between us and God. In fact, if you would look at, um, there's a, you don't have to look, look there, but there's a verse in Hebrews chapter uh, 10, verses 19 and 20 says, Therefore, brothers talking about the new covenant. Now, now that we have, now we have boldness to enter into the holiest because of the blood of Jesus by a new way and a living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil. That is to say his flesh. So the veil that has been between God and man has been flesh. It wasn't something God put up. It was something that we took. And, it was, and, the, and the flesh is sense knowledge. It's earthly, it's sensual, it's, it's demonic. And, 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 and it didn't descend from above because there's this whole other reality that's the eternal reality. Now notice this too. What we did, when you, when you turn to sense knowledge, you know, we, there's this difference that we see in the word. We see eternal life and temporal life. While we look not on the things that are temporal, Temporary, but we look on the things that are eternal. We see these two different things, these two dichotomies here, this dichotomy. <clears throat> and so what we did, watch this, we turned to temporal life. We turned to sense knowledge. Now, sense knowledge, now it's all about its times, its seasons, its, its distance. It's, it's all these things when in eternity, and Franz said something so profound there that I just love if you get this, that 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 in the sense world, in this natural world, 
it is based upon time and space. And there is distance in things. There's distance from me to that wall. Therefore, for me to get to that wall, to touch that wall, it's going to take some time for me to do that. In the kingdom, there's union. We are with God. We are in God. He is in us. We are one. There is no space between us and him. There's no space in the kingdom because there's no time in the kingdom. It's eternal. It's eternity. Time has to do with, in fact, the, the, the word, the Latin, Greek, where all, they all have this, it's the word temps, which means temporary. Everything that can be timed is on a temporary realm. Seasons are temporary. Life on this earth became temporary. Lifespan, instead of eternal, became temporary because of the sense knowledge. Good things that would happen were only temporary things, right? They never stayed. As well as bad things. You know, every storm runs out of rain, right? <laughs> the problem is there could be another storm. And sometimes you see people go through one after another after another. They're temporary, but there's a whole lot of them. <laughs> Everything moves according to, according to temporariness. And, 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 and because we became sensual or full of sense knowledge, we, we became oblivious to life. To godliness, to eternal life. And now we're all about that. And that is why when we're very circumstance-minded, very situation-minded, that's why Christians struggle a lot of times in their relationship with God because their, their relationship with God is still very much sensual and the way they're relating to God is deal with the situations, deal with the temporal. If you can fix my temporal then maybe I'll feel something that's in the eternal. <laughs> hmm? But the whole problem, the whole thing that killed us was being sensual in the first place. See, And God put us in a physical world, but the way he did it was so brilliant that he put in us the breath of life and he gave us, he, uh, Ecclesiastes 3 says, he put eternity in our hearts so we could live in a physical world, but we could live in that dominion that he gave us because we're operating out of heaven. And look what Jesus did when he brought us back home in the restoration. He took us out of that kingdom that was full of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of life. And he, took us, and he raised us up together with him and he made us to sit together with him in heaven in Christ Jesus. So way back in the day when we chose sense knowledge, God calls out to us and he says, Adam, where are you? And today, if we hear that same cry, if God says to you, uh, man, woman, where are you? Do you? Are you convinced? Do you see clearly? Do you have the perception to say, Father, I'm right here in heaven with you. Never leaving, always will be, no matter what happens, no matter what goes on. And seasons may come and go and seasons may change, but I'm living in heaven itself. And those things become very, very small. I'm aware of it because I'm also physical. You created me out of the dust of this earth. I'm physical. I'm aware of all these things, but I'm not dominated by sensual temporary living. My emotions are not detect, my, directed by something that's so puny and so nothing that it's temporary. When I am an eternal being, a son of the living God. Now are we children, sons of God. Now, I love, this. I just, you know, 
This happens every time you come into Life Tabernacle. God starts speaking a word that he has for us from the very beginning, the songs. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Who are you? Struggling flesh creature? Trying to get work a transaction with God so he'll bless you? God, if you get me through this one, I promise I'll do this and that. So many Christians are living like that because they... They think God's transactional because what they're concerned about is the temporal. Now, the, the, the bad thing about it is not that God doesn't care about your temporal. He made this whole thing and he made it all to be blessed. Jesus said, your father knows you need these things. Don't be anxious about the temporal. What am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? How will I be covered? He says, your father knows that you need these things. But don't live by the temporal or the sense knowledge. It's earthly, it's sensual, it's devilish. Live by the spirit. Because he who, he, he who lives by the Spirit reaps life and peace. Huh? And something happens when you know identity, when you know who you are and where you are, the things of this world really do grow strangely dim. And they seem very, very small. And something happens to you to where you're not, you don't feel like you're praying your way out of a situation. You're in heaven. And you're looking at situations. Well, this has come to the household. Well, this is what the IRS is wanting. Now this is going, you know, and you're looking at these things and you're aware, just like Jesus. And we're talking about identity. First John four seventeen. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him. And he abides in God. Oneness. Unity. Union. How many believe that the Father and the Son are one, therefore Jesus is God? I do. The, the Word was with God, the same was in the beginning of God, with God, and the Word was God. Hmm? Why? Because Jesus told, he says, know you not, I'm in the Father the Father is in me. We are one. We're in union. You cannot take a scalpel and, 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 and divide between, between Jesus and God, the Father, the Son. They're one. And he says, Father, that they can be one like you and I are one. Come on. This thing that we look at, we embrace, and we say, oh, my goodness. We look at that word, and we saw it, and said, my goodness, Jesus is not just a good teacher. He's not just a prophet. More than just what we thought of as, as a savior, an anointed person, a, a lawgiver. More than just a miracle worker. We beheld the glory of the only begotten of the Father. John looked at this and he said, let me be so bold to say, not only was he with God in the beginning with God, created all things by him, but the word was God himself. Come in the flesh. One with God. And here, now look at this. This, is, this doesn't have to be a hard thing. The only thing that made it hard was the veil that Jesus pierced for us and, and we did it in his teachings, in his demonstration, and by giving the Holy Spirit opens up that veil so we can now freely receive and enjoy simple truth. 
that God is in us and we are in him. Just as the father and the son in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, we are one with the father now. That's what this whole thing. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Are y'all here? Who are we? The Bible says our citizenship is of heaven. Who are we? Are we struggling down here and victims of whatever Trump or Obama or Hillary or somebody does? Getting, and this is why we get all mad and excited and lose our Christian, Christian ex, uh, uh, expression. <laughs> and actually make enemies out of human beings. Over worldly, sensual, devilish things that will come and go and change. When we're sitting here in eternity, watching the whole things of the world play out. But still yet being in it, though not of it. So we can be not just taking a stand for what we think Jesus would want in, in the world. But being who we are. The manifestation of Christ himself. In the world. For just as Jesus said, I'm in the Father, the Father's in me, and we are one, so do you say, the Father is in me, and I'm in the Father, and we are one. I'm not trying to just make a stand for Jesus here. We're, we're, We're being Jesus to the world. We're being the love. We can do it because we're big enough. We're, yes, there's tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome it. Over, over it, overcome it. When you know identity, see, this, is, this stuff's got to be heard. You've got to know this. You've got to see this. Look at this thing, because this, this is your eternal truth. This is the whole secret. This was the whole mystery that was hidden from the ages. According to Colossians 1.27, Paul says, now look, look what happened. Paul didn't know any of this. He was so oblivious. He was so sensual, so earthly. He said, no, he was, he was, he was zealous for God and all that, but still in such an earthly, sensual way. A devilish way, killing Christians. You don't think <clears throat> think that's not devilish? What is it? Where does it come from? From being sensual. Sense knowledge. His senses told him those are bad guys. They're hurting us. They're going to destroy what we built here. They're trouble. We've got to kill them. James and John, Lord, should we call fire down from heaven and burn them up? Elijah did. We can. You gave us power. You gave us authority. It's in the Bible, Jesus. Yeah, it's in the Bible, but that you don't know the spirit that you're of. It's earthly. What you're saying is earthly. It's sensual. It's devilish. You're being moved by something you see, and it's operating in your emotions. Hmm. So this is where this, this peace comes. It doesn't, it doesn't just remind yourself... Mind be at peace. Brain, don't fear. Don't fear, don't fear, don't fear, don't fear. That is so sensual in itself. It's by unveiling, it's revelation of truth. The truth is what makes you free. You don't, you don't stop fearing by saying, don't fear, don't fear, don't fear. You stop fearing by what First John uh, 4 tells us. Where he says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he abides in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. 
Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment or crisis, is that word, crisis, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in him, in love. That's what it says. There is no fear in love, but perfect love, what's it do? It casts out or pushes out or drives out fear. Remember, we talk about it all the time. We go back to the beginning. When did fear enter into the world? When we take, took sense knowledge. That's the only place you can feel fear. That's the only way you can ever experience it is by living by sense knowledge. And this wisdom does not descend from above. It's earthly, it's sensual, it's devilish. From that snake <laughs> that deceives us and says, this is truth, look at this, do something about that. Hmm? And so there's this other life here, this other way that's bigger and, and higher and more eternal and long-lasting, and it's, it's all eternal. It's not, there's nothing temporal in that realm at all. The joy is not temporal, it's joy everlasting. The peace is not temporal because it's not tied to earthly, sensual, devilish knowledge. It's tied to, to, to Him who is perfect love, and that's why you've got peace. Because you know where you're at, you know you're in Him. Are y'all here? You're eternal. God breathed into you the breath of life. Look what, you know, Paul said, 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 it's been given to me to preach this mystery. It's been hidden from the ages. This is is, is deeper than most people think it is. I mean, it goes farther back. It's been hidden from the ages. That which God wanted to make known to us. This mystery, this secret, nobody knew the secret. Remember somebody wrote a little book called The Secret here? This goes beyond that. This is the real secret. This is the secret that Paul talked about and he revealed it. He got this revelation. He used to be so earthly, so sensual, and so devilish. He had, he had a lot of zeal for religion. But when, when the one who is perfect love came to him, he began to experience a, a, a degree of fullness that said, my goodness, I count all that stuff dung compared to this. Just the knowledge of Jesus, just knowing him is what this is all about. The person that I knew nothing about. And he has revealed to me this stuff that I never could have dreamed of, stuff I never could have thought of, stuff I couldn't even make up if I wanted to. Revealed to me this stuff. Now I look and I look into him and I see it's like looking in a mirror. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the glory of God when I see him. The veil has been removed because I'm not going by that old sense knowledge I used to. Now the veil has been removed and I see the glory of God in Christ Jesus. And when I see it, he said, it's like looking in a mirror. And it transforms me by that spirit Not the sense knowledge, but by the spirit. And he says, so so they look at this and this whole thing is transforming. Just seeing the reality of this. My goodness, I thought it was all this. I was sure it was all that. I was so, I was, I, I, I believed it so much. I was willing to kill people over it. It's done, he said. I was so deceived. I was so Ignorant. And Hosea 4, 6 says, my people die, my people perish, my people are destroyed for ignorance, lack of knowledge. But we're so smart. Tree of knowledge, isn't it the tree of knowledge of good and evil? We got knowledge. Sense knowledge, that's all we got. We became sensual. 
we became animalistic, low-level Babylonian thinking. And men, and thinking themselves to be wise, Romans says, they simply became fools. And men followed it. And men followed the great fools. <laughs> the greater looking fools, the bigger fools, the louder fools. They followed them all in the same direction, the same path, that whole thing, every bit of it all leads to death. And God said, oh, if you take that sense knowledge, it'll kill you. You're going to go into a realm that's temporal and death is there. Is at the end of it. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life abundantly. And John, the, the, of all the disciples, he's, I like Peter's personality. I relate to a lot of things there like a lot of us do, but as far as the depth of clarity of what he was really looking at, John, the disciple, had it, I think, clearer than any of them. And he looks at this and he sees this whole thing with sense knowledge and all. And he says, there's no fear in this love, but that love casts out fear because fear is what brings the torment, he says. Fears involving recompense and punishment and fear involves torment. I talk to brothers and sisters in Christ and, and, and I, mean, I mean, some of them are so bound up with fear and torment. Christians in the Bible, every, I mean, more than I am. I mean, they're just seeking and searching and trying to find answers because they're in such torment, fear. I, you'd be surprised how many people I know, born again Christians, are literally afraid to leave their house, their property, because of a fear. And what's the fear from? It's what could happen. What could hurt me? And you feel so small, and it's simply a lack of knowledge. It's simply a lack of knowing how big you are and how safe you really are from everything. Yeah, there's tribulation out there. But, but have a party. Be of good cheer. I've overcome that. Are y'all hearing anything? He who fears is because they don't know the perfection of that love. But we do love him because he first loved us. What a revelation. Therefore, brothers, again, Hebrews 10, having boldness to enter by the blood of Jesus by a new and a living way that he consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. So this is very simple what we're looking at. So there's, a, there's an identity that the senses will give you. What's the senses give you? It gives you physical proof. Some people are going around wearing a, 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 a wristband that says they're a diabetic. And, well, we know the purpose of that, but that can become identity. Hmm? I've been with the people that love to, to, to go stand in a group and say, my name is Rick. I am an alcoholic. Hi, Rick. 
And I understand, see, and, and, and what we do in this world, and I'm not just knocking that for itself because it's, it's the world trying to help. It's the best thing that we can come up with to deal with a very temporal problem here. And it's very temporal based because it's a one day at a time thing rather than an eternal thing. It's not based on identity. Somebody just get the identity. I'm one with God. I'm, 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 I'm the manifestation of, I'm, I'm a manifestation of Christ in this earth. I'm one with him as he is, so am I. You think you're going to struggle with alcoholism and addictions? That's so... Who are you? Where are you? Can you see today that you're in heaven? This ain't a mind game. This ain't imaginations. This ain't trying to play something, trick your brain into thinking something that you want to feel, want to feel true to you. This is, if Jesus is the son of God, if he's the word, if he is, the word is God. If he created all things, if he always was before there was anything made, if he always will be after all things made or no longer. If he did what he did, if he raised us up with him, are we playing mind games or are we really there with him in heaven right now? Or is the mind games really the mind that goes all the way back to sensuality and starts playing with that? I say that's the mind game. Adam, where are you? Son of man, son of God, where are you? Who are you? As he is, so are we. God is love. Therefore, it's my nature. Now, if I don't believe that, it's because I've looked at my senses and I've seen how I fly off the handle, so I say, I must not be. And I put an identity on myself already. I've taken myself out of heaven. Simply based on nothing but a, a deceptive, sensual, earthly wisdom that has nothing to do with God, comes not from above. Are y'all here? See, this is what creation's groaning for, people that know this. People that know this will change the world. It takes us out of trying to get through temporal little things. It, it gets you where you can just soar and breeze right through them. With faith. With love, with expectancy, with assurance, with confidence. As he is, so are we. And I can never get away from that image. And Paul says, I look and I see the glory of God. Because when I turn to Christ, when I turn to him, my veil was removed. My flesh, my earthly, sensual, devilish self-knowledge took the back seat, the veil was removed, and I beheld the glory of the Lord. And what I saw was who I really was, because it's like looking in a mirror. Remember, whenever you see who he really is, the revelation of Jesus Christ always reveals who you really are. That's what this whole thing does. When Peter was talking to Jesus, who are you? When Peter got that revelation, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Remember, he was called, he was called Simon. He wasn't called Peter. He was Simon, 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 until Simon, son of Barjona, until he's got that revelation. He says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, 
and you're Peter, the rock. <laughs> and after that time, he was always Peter. He was always his real identity. Huh? Saul of Tarsus, the destroyer of the churches, the persecutor of the Christians, meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, sees, gets, a, gets the revelation of Jesus Christ. On that day, he was no longer Saul of Tarsus. He was Paul, the apostle. Jacob, needing the blessing from God, wrestles with the Lord all night long. I, I won't let you go until you bless me. He got the blessing. You've seen my face. You'll no longer be called Jacob, the supplanter, deceiver, cheater. You shall be Israel, a prince of God. Stand up, guys.